Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I have Brian on the phone with me, and today we're going to be talking about the 2005 film The Descent, directed by Neil Marshall and starring Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, and Alex Reed. This movie is a story of a group of six friends who battle out a group of monsters in a cave. Um, Brian, had you seen this one before? I had. I, I think maybe I've seen it once or twice, but it had been a long time. How about you? I uh, see. I, actually, I think I've only seen it once, like back in 2005 when it came out. Um, so it's definitely been a while, but it, it had been a while for you too. Yeah, for sure. It was about that time, the last time I saw it too. Yeah. 15 yeah. years, man. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, did you, do you remember like going to see this one in theaters? No, I saw this one. I think it was probably like via DVD, Netflix DVD. Oh, okay. So yeah. probably more like 2007, 2006. I think it yeah. wasn't even released in the U S until 2006. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. That's probably when I saw it then. Um, yeah, that's funny. It goes back to the days Netflix, people used to watch Netflix on DVDs that they would come in the mail. Good uh, times. Yeah, do they still do that business model at all, or is that gone? I think they still do. Why? Why would people do that? I guess there's some titles you can only get on DVD, right? Yeah, they've got a pretty. At least back in the day, they had a pretty vast collection. Yeah. Okay. God, I, I, just, I, I thought uh, maybe everything was streaming now, but that makes sense. You they know, sometimes some. when I would, <laughs> it was frustrating. I don't know if anyone else ever experienced this when you would get a DVD and like by the time you got it, you weren't really in the mood for that movie anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would just sit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, there was never like a deadline to return it, right? No. So if you just let it sit like for two months on your dresser, it'd be like you were paying $20 to rent a movie. Yeah, to run one movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what an interesting business model. I wonder how many people are still on that service. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see what percentage right. of their customers do that. Yeah, yeah. Gotta be microscopic, if they even still offer it. I know, I know, yeah. But I, I, bet, I bet there's like a small segment of customers that still yeah. prefer to, the DVD. Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting. It's it's been. I guess it came out 15 years ago. Uh, but I feel like it's had a pretty big impact. I see it on a lot of like year endless, or not even the year endless, but just like top horror lists. I guess uh, for scariest movies, you, you come across it often. Yeah, I mean, it really seems to be a fan favorite. Like people talk about it a lot. Yeah. Right. And it, it's weird because like the director, I don't feel like he did a lot more in the horror genre. This might have been like his one big uh, play there, right? Not really. I mean, he didn't do much else. He did a werewolf movie called Dog Soldiers in 2002. Oh, I didn't realize that was about werewolves. Yeah, and then he did Hellboy, 2019's Hellboy, which is mm -hmm. maybe horror adjacent. And then he did one segment of Tales of Halloween called oh, Bad right. Seed, the last one, the which bad. I forgot about, but I remembered when we talked about that, we mentioned that. Yeah, what happened in the Bad Seed? Was that the pumpkin one? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of oh, jokey. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, so, so most of his work then is horror. It, it is, I guess, horror themed. He just hasn't done a lot of volume. I think he just hasn't made that many movies. He, he's made a few more, though. I think on the whole, it's probably less than 50% horror, though. Okay. Okay. Got it. And uh, did he do the... I don't think he did the sequel for this, did he? He did not, no. He, I think he was an executive producer on it. Sure. And have you seen that? I have an interview. No, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it seems like such a great like standalone movie. I'm wondering how they kind of made it into a franchise. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to dive 
dive more into sequels as we go. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, Genre-wise, uh, what do you think, like monster movie? Yeah, and it's it's almost like an action movie. Yeah, that's true. And one thing I like a lot about it is it it's pretty serious in terms of the narrative and the drama between the characters, but it also has a little bit of like splatter vibes. Oh, in terms like, of like the over-the-top gore? Yeah, yeah. Like I almost want to call it like, say it's not afraid to be schlocky, but I feel like schlock is typically more of a like pejorative term but you yeah. know there's there's a few scenes where the blood like really sprays and i just feel like they weren't afraid to yeah to go a little balls to the wall with things yeah i like that they, they do go over the top and it, i feel like it works pretty well yeah ba- balance with like the overall tone for sure yeah it almost lightens things up for like a a true horror fan that's kind of into that kind of thing yeah right not that you're not a true horror fan, but for someone who's you know yeah the diehards <laughs> exactly Exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that's a nice uh, effect. And then, uh, would you do you think there's a genre of films that are just about how scary it is to be outside, like in the outdoors and in nature? Na- <laughs> nature horror? <laughs> yeah, you? man, I'm sure you could find all sorts of internet listicles of like, outside is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should make one because I feel like you're kind of, those kind of uh, really ring true for you. They do, man. I, I'm really scared of the outside. And these kind of movies just like hit out, hit it uh, like our home runs for it. Like I'm like, why people shouldn't be going outside and just like staying inside? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, I mean, this this one reminded me of you a lot because supposedly it takes place on the Appalachian Trail, which you hiked, right? It, I did. Did it take place? I think it just took place in the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, okay, but in, not necessarily uh, on the trail. And was it in North Carolina, supposedly? I think so, because the plates on the cars that they had rented were North Carolina. Ah, okay. And it was in Chatta, what did they call it? They called it like Chattacuga, Chattooga National Park, mm-hmm. which is not real, but there is a Chattooga River that starts in North Carolina. Oh, interesting. Cool. So it is kind of based on something somewhat. Uh, yeah, real. so it's in my neck of the woods, but it is not filmed. It was filmed in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was surprised. I thought it looked like the Appalachia, I imagine, would look. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, you know, it was a little different. I could tell it wasn't It wasn't oh. here. <laughs> you saw that? That's not North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for someone who doesn't live here, then yeah, for sure. Very possible. Yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, that, that part always amazes me, like when these uh, types of people uh, kind of push themselves to these kind of extremes and uh, ends up uh, running into caves with monsters and then like it's like what would you expect you're gonna find <laughs> whenever like, uh, these people encounter monsters yeah and they was like surprised about it like <laughs> what do you think monsters look? <laughs> yeah so you you said you did see this in the theater I think so yeah yeah I think I okay. saw this one in the theater yeah I don't even remember the theatrical release but it made 57 million it's Right. On a budget of three and a half million pounds. Did you see that? Yeah, which I think is about five million US dollars. Oh, okay. I figured you'd have the conversion. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty pretty successful. I know, and I don't remember like making like a huge splash. I remember when I went to see it, I don't think the theater was packed or anything and I don't remember it like being like a huge blockbuster or anything, but yeah, that, that's a sizable number. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah, I, th- I think to your point, like it's got a pretty big cult following now and uh, pretty applauded. Uh, by the horror community. Um, did you see that originally it was meant to have like a mixed cast of men and women, but then the director decided to go with an all-female cast? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good choice. It just kind of makes this movie stand out even more. Yeah, I can't think of like too many movies uh, back then that would have, um, yeah, kind of uh, compared to this in terms of like a group of like six women going out into like uh, and, and fighting monsters. Can you think of another example? No, not really. And I mean, it's become more popular over the past few years only. But yeah, it's, right. it's pretty rare to have an all-female cast that isn't, you know, yeah, like a, a love story or a romantic comedy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Especially for yeah. 2005, 2006. That's great to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, any any other background or anything else uh, jump out to you about this one? Um. Not much else. I think I'm, I'm cool to go to the Ohio Connection if you are. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. From our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland. If you're in the Cleveland area, go swing by and get yourself some beer or wine without having to leave your car. And you can order it at jukeboxcle.com. So, Alex says... The Descent won Best Horror Film at the 2006 Saturn Awards, an event presented annually by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Mm. This high honor has been awarded in recent years to films such as Get Out, Don't Breathe, and A Quiet Place. The fellow nominees in 2006 included Hostel, Final Destination 3, Saw 3, Slither, and Snakes on a Plane. Per Wikipedia, the sixth billed performer in Snakes on a Plane is Todd Luizzo, who plays the role of Dr. Stephen Price, a snake venom expert assigned by the FBI. And Todd is from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh my God. Uh, so I had to go deep for that one. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised. I didn't realize snakes on a plane count as like a horror film, like or would fit in that category. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek horror comedy, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Damn that that is. Sna- deep. You were just saying how scary snakes are in the Hagazusa episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They're really scary. I just feel like Samuel L. Jackson just seems like he's in charge, and so I wouldn't be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, if you like saw a bunch of snakes on the plane, but then saw Samuel L. Jackson, you just put your headphones back on. Yeah, that'd be pretty relieved. Oh, he's got this. He's got this. Yeah. <laughs> he just he kind of has a coming effect on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I'll sneak another little Ohio connection in that that Chattooga River that I mentioned that was where the actual movie was filmed for um, the movie The Deliverance boy spit that one out yeah and that was supposed to take place in Ohio yeah oh interesting so this Uh, one was not filmed in North Carolina but was supposed to take place in North Carolina and Deliverance was filmed in North Carolina but was supposed to take place in Ohio. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, does that river run through Ohio? No, no, it's North Carolina and Tennessee. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, Deliverance, is that like technically, are they like trying to make it look like the Ohio River or something? I think it's supposed to be somewhere in Southern Ohio. I don't know if it's the Ohio or not. We need to see that movie, man. Yeah, yeah, we should probably see that. We should probably do an episode on that pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, it's been on my list. Uh, cool. Yeah. No. Thanks. Thanks for that connection. That, that's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. And me. Yeah. Awesome job, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. Anything else before uh, we jump into the plot, uh, spoil it, and go into our review? Nope. Let's do it. Okay. Cool. Hey, uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? I, I just gotta do something really quick. Sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll be right back. <laughs>
Hey, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, everything okay? Uh, yeah, everything's good. Uh, I, I just have this daily routine in the evening time. Uh, I like to get romantic with uh, a lemon, and I was tickling the citrus of a lemon. Apparently, that's the only way to make it have an orgasm. Uh, <laughs> is that? Have you had any luck with this technique? Uh, no, I usually use limes. Oh, okay. Oh, man, I wonder if I'm... Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Maybe I'm using a lime. <laughs> Holy uh, ball game. Yeah, I can exactly. barely even remember that scene. Was that like in the cabin? Uh, no, it was uh, at one point, uh, uh, Sarah's like stuck and she's like having an anxiety attack in the, in the cave and oh. her friend's pulling her out and trying to get her to calm down. And she's like, how, how do you, uh, get a lemon to have an orgasm? You take a little citrus or something. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember. No, I've never heard that one before. No, I don't even know if I get it. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure I do either. <laughs> it's, it sounds really funny though. <laughs> We'd still be stuck. I know. Still be stuck in there trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you ready to jump into the plot? Yep. Let's do it. Let's spoil yeah. some stuff. Cool. Um, so this movie opens. Uh, we're introduced to this group of uh, six women who are like best friends. And they're, I think they're white water rafting. Is that considered white water, water rafting when you're on a, a raft like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're 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 pulling up. You know, they just probably had this great trip. They're all laughing and joking around with each other. Um, they come to their end point, and our main character Sarah, uh, her husband and her daughter, they're waiting for her. Uh, she greets them. We also see, get this quick scene of her husband and uh, one of the other women, Juno. Um, and did you get the sense here? Like, I I think they were trying to play to this, but I didn't catch it earlier. But um, did, did this flag for you that maybe something was going on between the husband and her friend? Yeah, they had a little bit of a moment and the husband was like helping Juno take her helmet off and she kind of looked at him. Yeah, a little, a little like too long. Yep. It's a long look, yeah. So I, I guess they kind of plant a seed here that maybe things between Sarah and her husband aren't like entirely um, great. Yeah, So yeah, or, or at, least at the bare minimum, something's going on with Juno. Sure, right. So on, on their way uh, home then from this trip, uh, Sarah and her husband are talking and um, they get in a car accident and Sarah's husband and her daughter are kind of killed right away. So this, this happens within like five minutes of the movie opening. Um, did you feel like this is kind of similar at this point? I feel like we've seen a few movies where like there's an accident early in the movie that sets the course for things. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a giant staple Right. like the format of a horror movie somebody somebody close to the main character dies right in the beginning of the movie and the rest of the movie is the fallout yeah right exactly and we specifically talked about it when we were talking about like misery porn type depressing movies like Hakazusa in the Lodge but um, yeah. I don't think this comes close to that that categorization yeah. You know, it's interesting because I feel like uh, the the whole title, The Descent, and it, for me, like this is one of the first movies where I feel like it is about um, uh, her experience and like having that uh, death happen really early on. And uh, I, I mean, we'll get into the plot more, but do you think the title kind of uh, relates to her coming out of like this uh, tragedy that happens in the beginning? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a couple of ways to read into the title, and yeah, we'll talk about it more. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, but yeah, interesting comparisons like uh, misery, porn. It'll be interesting to hear how you think it's different. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the friends are laughing and having fun together, and there are there are good relationships, you know. Oh yeah. Right. And right. there's jokiness throughout. Yes. Yep. Yep. True. Okay. 
that makes sense. So yeah, a year later, uh, the way, you know, we jumped a year out. We, you know, once we find out that the daughter and the husband have died, um, the movie jumps a year ahead and Sarah's meeting up again with their friends. So it's probably like an annual outdoors trip they all like to do. And this time they're going spelunking. Um, Brian, have you ever been spelunking? No, that I don't think I would do. Oh, really? You draw the line on spelunking? <laughs> yeah, I I'm not claustrophobic, but like, maybe I am a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be going into one of those yeah. caves or something. Um, so yeah, this trip is organized by Juno, and I, I think there's like some great like character building and relationship building when like we see all these women come back together after a year and kind of reflecting on how everyone's doing and what's going on in everyone's life. Uh, I, I, I liked the character build up here. What, what did you think? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like fleshing out of the characters and people are likable. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, like a book crew. Did you ever get the sense um, that there were maybe uh, too many people? Like, did you know like who was who and how how they're all connected? I think maybe they probably could have done without a character or two. It, it got confusing, yeah. especially once they were down in the cave and you couldn't see anyone that well. Right, they're all like in helmets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was why some of them had different accents and were from different places, <laughs> so you could tell them apart easier. Oh, I see. Interesting. But even so, it, it was tough. It was, yeah. I mean, anytime you have more than two characters, I, I, I kind of struggle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a good group here. Um, well, it's, like, so dark, and they get so dirty and, like, bloody and muddy right. that it's just, like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the lighting later, too. Um, so that they arrive, they, they go out uh, to the cave. Um, they all think they're going to this, like, level two pretty, like, touristy cave, but... Juno, who we, like, have kind of understood at this point is, like, someone who kind of, like, lives uh, maybe more extreme and is, like, um, likes to push the envelope, maybe. Um, she has tricked them, uh, unbeknownst to them, they're actually going to a cave that hasn't actually been discovered or uh, fully um, mapped out. Or what is it that you do, like, um, I, yeah, I guess a, a cave without a name, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, it hasn't fully been explored. Right. So, uh, so they all think they're in this, uh, level two cave or whatever, but they're starting to go through it and, um, you know, they're, they're crawling through like these little caves and stuff. And, uh, there's this moment where like the, it, it starts to cave in and, uh, Sarah like feels like she's stuck at one point and her friend helps her like get out of there right before everything kind of collapses. Um, so I think at this point they realize that this isn't like some touristy cave and they're actually off the grid and they kind of, uh, get pretty upset at Juno at this point for tricking them into coming to this cave that no one's explored. And Juno kind of admits that she did this because she thought um, it could help them all kind of come together and help Sarah kind of, uh, uh, I, I guess, like have something to like call her own or like a, a triumph or something. Did, did you understand her motivation here? Yeah, I think she thought like they could name it and it would just be like something great for them and like a way for them to move on. Yeah, yeah. But Which some guess, of the other characters accused her of just having an ego. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of revealing of Gino's personality. Yeah. She was, I mean, in some ways she was simple, but, like, she was kind of complex as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she cared, but she was also really selfish. I know. That's the thing. Like, it, I think the movie, like, tries to, to paint her as, like, a villain as we go on. But, yeah, you're right. There are, like, some other points that, like, kind of make her a little likable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now, now they're like, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, so they're having to like venture deeper into the cave to try to find an exit. Um, at one point, one of the women falls down into a hole and breaks her leg open. It's kind of gross. You got a bone sticking out. Um, and while they're kind of tending to her, 
Sarah uh, hears this noise and she sees this creature watching them in the distance um, that kind of like scampers away. Uh, and so this is like, we're like 50 minutes in at this point, um, and this is kind of the first time we're seeing this monster. What did you think of this whole buildup? Uh, and then what did you think of like the monster effects? I thought it was really well done because this is like a monster movie, but no character sees a monster until, like you said, it was 52 minutes. Yeah. And even then they weren't totally sure what they saw, but this has already been like a horror movie basically with the trauma in the character's backstory. She's had like a nightmare or two. She's got this, she gets stuck in this tunnel and it's super claustrophobic. Like that part gave me the willies. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they're essentially stuck down here. So there's been plenty of horror already. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like without, before even any monsters have come on screen. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a movie about them getting stuck down in this claustrophobic cave and then like, oh yeah, they're monsters. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot too. It's kind of like doing a variety of like horrors and uh, it keeps the movie kind of fresh. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like got an ace up its sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, uh, the monster's there, uh, so, uh, and, and I think some of the group is like, no, you probably just imagined you see it, but eventually they end up in this area, uh, and they find all these, like, bones scattered around, and then they start to get attacked by, by this creature, and the monster is kind of like, it kind of looks like a human, but is, like, all white, um, and, like, the eyes are kind of glazed over, uh, I mean, did you think this was, like, a scary-looking monster? I did, yeah, um, and... I struggled sometimes between like, did we see too much of the monsters at certain points? Mm-hmm. But I was still, I thought it was still scary. So I think it was well done and well designed. It was kind of like a Nosferatu meets the swamp thing. Oh yeah, totally. Right. I could see that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, it was kind of basic, but I mean, uh, for the purpose it was serving and being in the dark and like the way it was attacking, I feel like uh, it was like as like scary as it needed to be. Uh, yeah without like getting more detailed yep and i didn't mean the swamp thing i meant the uh, creature from the black lagoon oh man that's funny that's (laughs) that's what i thought when he said swamp thing (laughs) (laughs) i guess i haven't seen the swamp thing so i assumed that (laughs) yeah we neither of us have have seen that yeah 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 i kind of got like fish fish man vibes but i think the person that directed that was uh who we're talking about later tonight oh cool with the next film yeah Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they get attacked here. It's a, it's a pretty cool uh, attack scene. And basically, Juno uh, it, uh, manages like get in a battle with one of these uh, creatures, and, and she manages to kill it. But then she accidentally, uh, she hears something behind her and like, swings at it and like ends up accidentally stabbing her friend uh, right through the throat, I think, right, with a pickaxe? Yeah, pretty rough. And that's like the third main character, I would guess like to oh third into after like sarah juno yeah it's like sarah and juno are the sarah's the protagonist juno you could probably call the antagonist and beth is kind of like the the next next one in importance and and screen time up until this point yeah yeah okay that makes sense for what happens later okay uh so yeah it's a total accident but she ends up accidentally uh fatally wounding uh one of the other women And, and no one else sees this happen um, so now the group is split up, like they all kind of ran off when they, when this, uh, creature attacked them. And so Sarah's on her own and, um, she like ends up in another cave and she sees all these creatures come in and eat up one of the friends and she's watching it on like a night vision camera. 
And I, I thought this was a cool way to kind of switch to almost like a found footage type feel. Uh, yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's like kind of a, co- a cool way to mix it up, I guess, uh, from the scariest, like even how it's being presented, which is cool. Yeah, you can borrow a little bit of what's scary about found footage without making the, the whole the movie whole or even that much of it found footage. But yeah, it was a yeah. nice way to keep things fresh. Yeah, it's an interesting counter to like uh, As Above, So Below, which is also like you're in caves, but that's like all found footage. Um, yeah, yeah, you really don't need the found footage in a claustrophobic setting to me. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the claustrophobic setting should kind of take that place. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, uh, Sarah uh, watches these creatures eat up uh, one of the uh, one of the other friends. And um, I think at this point she figures out that, you know, they, these creatures are mostly blind uh, and they just kind of hunt by sound. Um, so then uh, she's on her own again and she's, like, wandering around and she runs into her friend that was stabbed by Juno and who's like lying there about to die and this friend tells her you know don't trust Juno and she also uh gives Sarah like this bracelet that Juno had which was given to Juno from Sarah's uh ex-husband the guy who died is is that was that the story of it yeah i can't remember if it was a bracelet or a necklace but yeah it was it was from Paul Sarah's husband and it had a phrase that he like repeated that we know from the background up until this point that he it was a phrase that he liked i really like generic phrase like live or something yeah it was (laughs) something like live laugh love or something like that exactly (laughs) like damn if he's going around handing out bracelets like that you got bigger problems than (laughs) 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 who's sleeping on it right (laughs) uh but I felt like in this conversation, so much is revealed. Like uh, Sarah just finds out that uh, her friend Juno killed her other friend. She finds out Juno was sleeping with her husband, who's dead. Um, it, it just seems like a lot to kind of lay on at, at one point. What, what, what did you think? I thought this was cool because, like, this movie—it's like a popcorn movie, but it's also a little bit complex for a popcorn mm-hmm. movie. Like, or as complex as it should be, I guess. Right. Um, because yeah you've got the we already talked about how it's basically a horror movie before we even know there are monsters although they're kind of allude to it mm-hmm. and then not only that but there's a pretty complex complex relationships going on between uh Sarah and Juno and even some of the other characters yeah so i think this is really cool it's just there's a lot to this movie and it never it never slows down even when the action slows down like the character development picks up yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like the the pacing really keeps you engaged the whole time, and it never like dives deep, too deep into like uh, just character building or whatever, or or, or character arcs, and uh, keeps a good balance between that and the action. Yeah, that's it's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, uh, kind of is kind of like a popcorn movie just because it's 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 fun and it keeps moving. Yeah. So yeah, so from there, uh, Sarah then battles two more monsters. I think one of these monsters was like a mother too, because I feel like Sarah kills a baby monster and then gets attacked by a mother monster is that did you get that impression i couldn't tell if she i know she killed something that made a monster with boobs very upset (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i didn't know that was a baby or like her her mate or something right yeah uh i i thought they were kind of drawing a parallel between like how she's lost her daughter and now she's like battling this monster mother um but me i don't know that makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah and, and there's a really cool scene here, I think, when you're talking about in the beginning, how, how it's, like, sometimes over the top, like, where she jumps into, like, a pool of blood and, like, emerges just covered in 
uh, blood. I, I thought the visuals here were really cool. It was really cool. This is a really well shot movie. Um, yeah. And in that scene, her her whole like everything about her is red, and her eyes are just like really blue, like neon blue almost. It looked really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the use of colors, like, yeah. They, they totally made, like, some things pop, which was awesome. Yeah, and it was really cool, too, because she's in that pool. You think she's kind of escaped, and then the monster emerges from the pool right next to her. Oh, right behind her, right? As she's, like, crawling out? Yeah. Yeah, that's that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then and then another monster comes in, and, and basically she, like, stays quiet, and it, like, kind of uh, climbs over her, and then she kills it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty neat, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like there's a big like character a character transformation here where like she's become like this killer now, for sure. And then it's, when she eventually, well, I'll, you go ahead. Okay, I won't take over from you. <laughs> right. uh, well, yeah, the 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 other women, uh, Juno meets up with them, and they've all also figured out that these monsters are blind and uh, hunt by sound, and so they battle out a few more of them. And then uh, ultimately, uh, two of the the two other women uh, are killed. Um, one kind of uh, gets uh, killed by a monster who like, and then falls into the water. Actually, I think Juno falls into the water and kills another monster. Um, but yeah, you're in, you end up with uh, just Juno, and she runs into Sarah. And Juno uh, has been saying, you know, we can't get out of here without Sarah, so she's been kind of looking for her. Um, and I think this is what you mean by, like, Juno's uh, this antagonist, but she also is, like, trying to, like, look out for Sarah, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, she didn't want right. to leave without Sarah, even though, like, she was cheating on Yeah, her or Sarah's husband were having an affair. Right, right, exactly. And when Juno sees Sarah, she's like, she looks her up and down and is like, what happened to you? And oh. she's just, like, covered in blood and looks terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Her eyes this are, like, bulging. I know. She's, like, unrecognizable at that point. She reminded me a little bit of the final girl from Texas Chainsaw. Um... At, uh, oh, in terms of like how she looks at the end? Just, yeah, physical appearance. Covered in oh, blood yeah. and her eyes bulging. Like they have similar right. facial structures. Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, pretty cool uh, makeup there. And so uh, now they've paired up again. So it's just Juno and Sarah. And they're trying to get out of this cave. Um, they battle some more creatures. Then they hear others, other creatures coming down the hall. And at this point, Sarah reveals the bracelet with the generic uh, life motto. motto. Um, and Juno realizes that Sarah knows that uh, Juno was having an affair with Sarah's ex-husband. And uh, Sarah, at this point, stabs Juno in the leg and basically leaves her there as bait while Sarah escapes. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, why did she... I mean, like, what did you think of that? Was that... Did you see that coming? Yeah, it was pretty cold. I didn't necessarily see it coming, but I yeah. think maybe she thought the only way out of here is to leave Juno as bait so that I can get a head start. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was efficient. It made sense. It was practical. But she was also pretty pissed at Juno, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's a combination of those things. Yeah. Um, so she, she gets out of there. We hear like the monsters come for Juno and, and, uh, I guess we don't really see what happens to her. Um, but, uh, basically Sarah finds, uh, an exit to this cave and there's this really cool scene of her climbing over like the skeletons, like go towards this light. Um, did you like that scene? Yeah. Pretty, pretty climactic, I think. Yeah, I did with a, with a caveat, but we'll get to that. Okay. 
Okay, so then uh, then she's out in nature. She runs back to the car and she's driving away. She pulls to the side just to kind of like, uh, get, get, you know, uh, vent and like kind of scream out the window and throw up. And uh, when she turns around, uh, she sees an apparition of Juno screaming at her in the car. It's kind of like a jump out scare that the movie ends on. Yep. Yeah, uh, so it ends do- with, with uh, Sarah screaming at, yeah. at seeing Juno next to her. Exactly. And did you read about the UK version? The first time I saw this, it was that UK ending. Oh, okay. Where and it sounds like it's basically just her. Uh, she's still like stuck in the cave. Yeah. So I think, or at least this is what Wikipedia said that that same thing happens, but then Sarah wakes up and she's in the cave still. She had fallen yeah. and hit her head and had a dream that she escaped. Yeah. Right. And she wakes up. She's still in the cave. She sees her daughter blowing out her birthday candles which is kind of a vision she's been seeing throughout right and we the camera kind of pans out and we hear the monsters coming for her ah uh, okay so yeah that's I don't remember me. the first time that's the ending I remember from the first time I saw it but I don't remember the escape scene I just thought she fell hit her head and saw the birthday cake oh, oh okay yeah. I don't remember her dreaming that she got out but got it okay from the UK version yeah uh, yeah, did did you like that uh, the last minute kind of scare there they do on this US version? No, man, I thought it just the ending there didn't really fit the tone of the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? Uh, I agree. It didn't really make us make a lot of sense. Like suddenly they're ghosts now. Uh, that that didn't make sense. Yeah, and I mean it was not maybe not necessarily a ghost even, but just like a hallucination. But even oh, so, okay. it just felt like a cheap way to like end it with the audience kind of going like oh yeah and like (laughs) feeling good about things when they left the theater yeah Um, it kind of broke character a bit right yeah it just didn't fit with some of the darker themes like it was a even though we said it was a little jokey throughout and there were some caring relationships like everyone has died like it's a big Mm -hmm. deal it's like a lot of emotional trauma and then to just end on that cheap jump yeah yeah it didn't fit i know yeah i agree I feel like a U.S. studio like must have made that decision at some point. Like, oh, we got to have that last pop out scare. They did. And, they, uh, yeah, they wanted the uh, they wanted it to be happier, if you will. Oh sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but completely unnecessary and um, kind of like kills the tone a little bit. It's, yeah, it does kill the tone stuff. a bit. I wouldn't have minded if she had escaped, but just the ending on that jump scare was too much. Yeah, yeah like it could have same. ended just like with her like emerging and gasping. Exactly, fresh air yeah. or something. Right, right. Yeah, that would work for me. Um, so yeah, what, what did you like about this? Or in, in what then do you like? So we've mentioned a lot about what we like already. One thing we haven't talked about, I think, much at least, is how cool the action sequences were. Yeah. And like one thing I've learned recently is that like in screenwriting, an action scene is thought of as kind of like good news, bad news scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like... The bad news is you fell, but the good news is there's a rope and you grab it. But the bad news is your hands are slipping. But the good Ugh. news is there's your friend to reach down. And the bad news is both your hands are all sweaty, so you're about to fall. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah, that journey like, that the viewer goes on. Like, okay, oh no, okay, oh no. And they really, do that yeah. really well in this movie. And they add yeah. horror elements to that. Like, yeah. So it just really keeps you on the edge of your seat and keeps you engaged. I think they do that really well. And it's all shot really well, too, especially for being in this this cave. Not literally right. a cave, it's a set, but yep. 
Um, but I didn't yeah. know that. I assumed it was a cave. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. They kind of built a, an amazing set here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good point. Like, yeah, the, between the first action scene where they're all attacked and like, yeah, her coming through like the blood and killing people. Like, I feel like they had a good variety too with the action scenes. Like none of them, none of them felt like very repetitive as like other films tend to be sometimes. That's true. It really could have gotten repetitive, but it didn't. And some of that probably is owed to waiting a while until you reveal the monsters. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, the monster of time is probably only, like, a half hour, 40 minutes, right, of actual monster fights? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Or, like, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure this was, like, a 90-minute-ish movie, so, yeah, half hour. Right. Maybe yeah, 40. Yeah, and, and monsters only there for, like, the last, like, 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm with you. The action scenes are, are really cool and really well done, which makes sense if he's, like, an action director. Yeah. What else, what did you like that we haven't talked about? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I thought the pacing was really great, and uh, I liked the the metaphor throughout uh, that, you know, like, she, she's starting in a place of darkness, and, like, the, I feel like the descent and, like, the way they paint her in the beginning of, like, kind of falling into this uh, hole with, like, the loss of her husband and daughter, and then, like, kind of emerging here at the end from, like, a cave after, like, battling all these people, I thought that overall kind of uh, theme was pretty cool, which I, I feel like it was pretty obvious, right? That's what they were going for. Like, that the descent was her descent into, like, the depths of despair and, like, yeah. horror, and she emerged on the other side? Yeah, yeah, despair, depression, grief, and then yeah. she comes out uh, kind of uh, grasping life and, and, and uh, I don't know, hopefully being uh, happy that she's alive. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bone your way. This is the kind of thing you usually grab onto. There's Ooh. a fan theory that this is all a hallucination of Sarah, the monster well, that is. yeah. So and she like they make a point of showing that she has medication at the beginning of the movie that she theoretically wouldn't have had if they're in the cave overnight. Mm-hmm. The other characters hear her scream in the distance, but it turns into like a monster wail, oh. like a monster's scream. Yeah, uh, and we see her kill Juno and Beth because she like mercy kills Beth. Oh my God! Yeah, right. I so don't it, know if that's real or not. Like Neil Marshall has given that some credence and said that there was a scene that they edited out where she is in the hospital after the car accident and sees like a silhouette of one of the monsters. Yeah. So I don't know if that was his intention or not, but I feel like if I watched it again with that in mind, I could find a lot of holes. It's ho- uh, holes in that theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you see like a lot of monsters, like the other characters see the monsters right. too. Like it would be quite a leap. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of scenes without Sarah where the other characters are uh, encountering them. But oh my god, that that's that's like such a cool like a uh, potentially parallel storyline. Uh, which yeah, then, then what what do you have? You have like a, a woman who goes mad in the caves and kills her friends and comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, and like anybody who was killed by a monster was actually killed by Sarah. Yeah, yeah, um, that would have been cool if they left that or if they kind of plugged that idea in the movie because. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I don't feel like it's very blatant that, 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 like, they're not really suggesting that too strongly at all. I'm surprised people even picked up on that. That's interesting. Yeah, and in the uh, cabin when they're prepping for the cave dive, like, one of the characters says, is saying, like, all the things that could go wrong down there, and she mentions hallucinations. Oh, right. Yeah. But that's yeah, still a like pretty light, light hint. So I'd be interested to watch this again with that in mind. I don't... Yeah. I don't think that it was probably really made with that intention, but uh, it's fun to talk about. I don't think that's how I prefer to view the movie either. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's just kind of fun to speculate that alternative yeah. approach. 
Um, did you know throughout the movie? Uh, and this kind of might uh, fall into that. Like we, uh, she's consistently hearing her daughter laughing while they're in the caves, like her dead daughter laughing. So I wonder if that's like another sign that um, she's kind of losing it down there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like she is hallucinating, and I think that somebody made the point that she doesn't start seeing the monsters until after she gets stuck in the cave, like really stuck and like has a panic attack. Right. Right. But wow. there's also foreshadowing of the monsters. There's like a bloody humanoid handprint on the cave walls when they first go down there. There's a dead elk yeah, right by the cave that looks like an animal killed it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm 80%. I feel like I'm 80-20 on uh, 80% sure that uh, she didn't hallucinate it, but 20% kind of now wondering if maybe she did. What, what about you? Yeah, maybe 90-10. Nine ten. All right. Yeah, that's cool though. That's that's, that's really uh, that that that's kind of a cool uh, Easter egg in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um. Uh. Did, okay. And we kind of talked about the, the the number of characters, which so it sounds like you also think like six might have been too many. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna like dock at any stars or half stars for that or anything. It, it did get a tiny bit confusing, and I could see how somebody would be upset about that. But I think it just. I think it was just the right amount of confusing, maybe a hair more than it needed to be, but yeah, I wasn't particularly bothered. I could usually figure it out in hindsight. <laughs> if, I, if I use my logic tree, I can figure out this. Is. Yeah, <laughs> carry the four. Okay, that was yeah. Beth that just died. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, did you ever feel, uh, and I don't know if this was just a screen I was watching it on, but um, how do you feel like the lighting was throughout? I mean, they're they're in a dark space, this whole movie. Um, did you feel like that ever like was problematic for you? I thought it was actually okay, and I normally am a complainer about dark scenes and large mm-hmm. swaths of horror movies being dark and hard to make out, but I, I thought it was fine in this one. What about you? Yeah, uh, there, there was a scene or two, and it might have been just kind of I was watching it in maybe a sunny room or something, but... Uh, there, there were times where I'm like, ah, oh, it's too dark. I can't even see like the action or what's going on. But I think when it like mattered, like the lighting was pretty good, especially for being in a cave. Were you watching on your TV or your computer? Uh, the computer for the most part. Yeah. What, what yeah, about you? I watch on my computer a lot too. We, we got to get better setups. We're <laughs> <laughs> reviewing films. <laughs> even if I had a really good TV, my wife just like. I don't want to paint it at that like she all out denies me the ability to watch horror movies on the big TV. But if she yeah. even like sees it or hears it, it's like game over for her because she hates See? horror movies. So I feel bad just <laughs> yeah. like occupying the entire main room. There aren't that many other like comfortable spaces to hang out in our house. Same man, yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, I feel bad like hogging up the the main TV and like it, the whole house is gonna hear it basically. Yeah, and I, I uh, know yeah. how, how much your wife <laughs> hates <laughs> horror movies too. Yeah, she can't even like stand the soundtrack or anything. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah we're, so, <laughs> it would be nice to have like these. a really nice TV in a different room, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> not gonna happen anytime soon. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of enjoy sometimes coming into like an office and just. I, sometimes I like the laptop because it's like you're still like up and close on it. That like uh, I don't know, like it's a more like. Um, you're more like ingrained in the experience, but probably you're missing out on some lighting or some uh, visual features. It can be nice because you're own, in your own little world. And like with yeah. two kids sleeping upstairs too, I'm not going to crank the sound anyway, so I do like to have headphones in. Yep. But uh, 
one painful thing on the computer is like getting the monitor at the right angle. Oh yeah, like, right. Yeah. Yeah, so the light's not off it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, one other question for you. Uh, do you think, uh, if you were Sarah, would you have stabbed Juno there at the end and left her to die? I don't think so. I think I just would have tried to run faster than her. Really? Uh, I feel like, so this is one thing uh, I thought was really interesting is uh, once they figure out the monsters are blind, uh, I feel like they have the upper hand because like they can see, they can like pick up things and they're doing a good job of like tag teaming it and you know just destroying these monsters. Um, so I feel like they, they had the upper hand here and, and together, working together, they could have easily like defeated these monsters. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I mean, they were kicking some serious ass right before this. Yeah, um, right, exactly. But yeah, at the same time, like, okay, I know these things can't see me if I stand still, but if there's, mm-hmm. if you hear a lot of them coming in this scene, so it's like, okay, if there's 30 of them at the same time, sure, are they eventually going to figure it out? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess a part of me doesn't know if she did it as a survival technique or more as like, a, this is what you get when you, when you mess with the... Uh, 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 yeah, my marriage, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's uh, one of the little complexities of this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. like it's super deep or anything, but it's a it's a nice layer. It's Yeah. It's good. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good balance there. Uh, well, cool. So how, how many uh, axes through a friend's throat would you give this one? I give this version that I just watched, the U.S. version, four and a half axes through a friend's throat. Nice. But I give the one with the darker ending a five. Wow, you prefer the darker ending? I do. I normally don't. I normally want a happier ending. But the fact that the happier ending ended on that silly jump scare. Yeah. And the fact that the movie, it just kind of, the darker ending kind of fits the vibe of the movie. Yeah. Um, And in a way, it wasn't so dark because it implied that she'd be reunited with her daughter. Oh, in death. In death. Yeah, that I like that better. <laughs> I sure. was just, I was thinking about that to myself, and I was like, I don't believe in heaven in real life, but I believe in heaven in movies. <laughs> in movies, yeah. whatever. Like it someone dies, purpose. I'm like, oh, at least they're with their loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In real life, I'm like, no, That's they're funny. just in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you, you're like so. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you value your beliefs when it comes to. Uh, the, the movies, that's good. It, yeah, it, it makes for a, a nicer story, I guess. Yeah. And a, a sense of closure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think I, my preference would have been this ending minus that, like, jump scare at the end. Uh, I, I think that would have been good for me, but I, I can see what you're saying, like, having kind of ambiguous ending where we just know she's going to die. I, I could see that being well aligned with the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, in that ending, in the happy U.S. ending, now she's alone without any family or friends. True. True. I mean, I assume she has other people in her life, but she's just lost all of her best friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, I guess that's not a great ending either. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a downer. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of, following her story arc, I kind of feel like this is like her redemption and like her uh, coming out of this, uh, what the past year must have been for her. But yeah, at the cost of her friends, apparently, which isn't great. Right. Yeah, like coming out on the other side of this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when she's stuck in the passage and her friend is trying to like coach her out, she says the worst thing that could have happened to you has already happened. Oh yeah, right. 
So that, that's one thing I liked throughout the film. I feel like a lot of the dialogue uh, as they're going through the caves is like about um, it kind of like doubles as like a metaphor for her and maybe what she's going through. Yeah, I thought the dialogue was really good and organic and there was also not only was the dialogue good, but I feel like there was a lot of information and just like exchanged glances. Um, oh, yeah. Character actions like. Right. There was a lot. These characters felt felt real, even for them being for there maybe being too many like. Mm-hmm. They felt fairly fleshed out. Yeah, very natural, natural dialogue, yeah. and it wasn't like uh, where they were spelling things out. Like you could just pick up on these conversations and get to know a lot about them. Right, right, yeah. It's really well done. Uh, cool. Really, yeah, I'm, I'm really with good you. Screenplay. Yeah, great screenplay. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I also uh, think four and a half axes to our friends too, uh, for the same reasons. Well, well done. Cool visuals, great action scenes. Uh, just, just yeah, great, great movie. Nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Anything else uh, you want to talk about? No. This is nice to do a movie I really liked. I know. I know. It's fun fun to get into a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our discussion on The Descent. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links at horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Uh, we're also on Discord, so you can chat with us and other horror fans there. Um, that link is on our website. Uh, if you want to donate to us, we have a Patreon page. Um, so you can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com. Our Ohio connection is from Alex Budin, uh, who has a bar in Cleveland called Jukebox, which we recommend checking out. And until next time, uh, if you're thinking about doing something dumb, like going outside and uh, trying to explore things or go on some kind of adventure, uh, maybe just stay inside and watch a movie on Netflix or something. There's a lot of entertainment indoors. <laughs> stay inside, people. Safe. Although that makes yeah. more and more sense these days. <laughs> I know, right? Now more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go outside.